Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Dying in friendship with God. Why death? Why should we die? How will God see us? We wanted to have this discussion drawing on scripture, the church, great Fulton Sheen, Joseph Ratzinger, and others. This is our every man's commentary to bring it to the people, you, our fans. What did we get from their wisdom? What can we draw from these topics? First, are we meant for earth? Like, is this it? This feeling like there's something more, right? You get that feeling. Well, guess what? There is more. Dusty, we're going to get into this, drawing all, all these, the great wisdom of the church. Exciting topic. I don't know if that's the right word, but. This is a really interesting yeah, choice great. that we've made. We always talk about when we put the podcast together, you know, what are we serving up? If we were a restaurant, are we serving something that people want to eat? that people are are looking forward to having a good meal for their brain oh, for their for meal. their soul for their for their faith reason and geekdom you know i think um this is a topic that is an uncomfortable topic depending on where you are in life and and it's about death and judgment you know and and it's something that each one of us is going to have to go through and one of us roger you or i will be unlucky enough to attend each other's funeral yeah but we're, we're both not going to be able to do it for each other only one of us will be able to attend i will be able to go to your funeral you'll be able to go to my funeral but this is one of those this is one of those things that you know everybody goes through and it's become so present in my life lately that i thought hey uh let's talk about death uh, let's talk about judgment. This is something that for me, as a Catholic, it rubs me the wrong freaking way that more priests don't get up there Preach, on the altar yes. and talk about yeah. really what happens, man, and, yeah. and gets real with people. And more than ever, our, our world needs priests and, and other people from other faiths, Christian faiths especially, to get up there on the pulpit and talk about, hey, man, not everybody is going to get to heaven. That's the reality of it. Look at the way we're living. Look at the way we're doing things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, what happens when you die, when you get judged? And these are things, by the way, that are hopefully going to be uh, anchored. These opinions, these teachings, these discussions today on this podcast are going to be anchored in, in scripture. They're going to be anchored in our our faith via the catechesis of our faith, meaning, yes. you know, what is it exactly that we believe? So I, I thought we could open that up. I thought that, that we could do this even ongoing with more and more topics. We need to have the capacity to do that for our show. Um, what are, what are your initial thoughts about this? How are you feeling? You're excited about it. We'll see again, spoiler alert this ends in joy i know this again the topic this is death so this is a dark somber serious topic you know what just call us a dc movie because this is like <laughs> this is not marvel fun but but like i said spoiler alert it's gonna end in joy 
Are we meant just for earth, merely for earth? I want to start from a quote from the great vulnerable Fulton J. Sheen. We all want the infinite. That is why we are disappointed very often when we realize the tremendous disproportion that there is between an ideal that we have conceived and reality itself. Sheen also goes on to say, there are no limits to desires of the soul. They never reach the point of sanity. They never are fulfilled. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, you have your children and your, your wife or your husband, or you get on a good vacation or, or you can't have fun. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But ultimately, if you really think about it, like deep, deep down, even if you're having them, you're on a vacation, you're looking at the mountains, you have a good glass of wine, they have you have the love of your life there, you just got a, a good news and you're looking at the ocean, you're so happy. And I, I've been in those moments where I'm so happy, but not in a downer way, I'm not talking about in, in a, a neurotic way, but in a way I'm like, this is great, this is best, but my soul still yearns for something. And yeah. it reminds me of the saint. Augustine in his confessions, the great book, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Aren't those true words, Dusty? Well, you know, what it comes down to for me, as you start to touch this, and it's such an expanse topic, is really present in the fact that when when you know someone, and, and many people in our audience have experienced the loss of a loved one, when you see their body after the soul has left, it becomes so evident that we all have souls. At least to me, it does, because over and over, I've seen it. Um, we are so much more than just our body. We have our soul right and and sheen talks about since you have a body and a soul you can make one or the other the master mm. you can either make the body serve the soul which um is a christian way right the body is serving the soul it is doing what the soul wants or you can make the soul serve the body exactly you're doing what what feels good at the moment or whatever and, and that honestly, in my, in my own experience has always led to misery and, and in people that I see around me who choose to let the, the soul serve the body, it's the wrong way. It's not, it's not, a, a, it's not going to end well, like you said right now, this is, <laughs> is going to end joyously. And, un, and unfortunately, the world that we live in today you see a lot of that. You see a lot of people whose, whose bodies are the number one thing. We do something as simple as overeat, or we do something as simple as over, uh, over participate in drinking or, or over participate in sexual activity, or, you know, things that are, that, that feel so good. Like you ask yourself, how could yeah. this not be of God, but anything, anything. And, you know, the kids and I talk about this at home all the time, anything in, in excess is, is bad. Yeah. anything in excess it doesn't, even if you think it's good, it, it can actually kill you. How can this be? bad if it's from god right right well, it all even sex is from god drink is from god all these are from god it's like what you said the virtue the virtue of moderation right. 
Yeah, the you're virtue correct. moderation. Yes. And and so this is the choice. These choices that we're making right now are going to come back into play when we get to judgment. And every single man will and woman will be judged yeah. after you die. That is something that comes from our, our Judeo-Christian roots, our Jewish roots. Back in Hebrews, in, in the book of the Bible, it talks about um, that we will be judged for how we lived our life, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something that I did once. I gave a speech to a, um, not to toot my own horn, but I think that this illustrates what we're talking about. Um, toot away. To a toot retreat. <laughs> there was a treat. There was a retreat, right? And so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be talking to some some young people. Uh, and I And I walk in from the back of the room, and I'm passing along this uh, a kite string, right, which is on the little roller thing that you know holds it like a toilet paper roll thing. Uh, so the string is all right, all the way around the room. <laughs> and I'm I'm handing it to people as they're sitting in the room. Everybody's sitting at different tables, and I'm just saying, "Hey, pass it along, pass it along," and and have it come and meet me at the at the front of the room where I'm gonna step up to the podium and speak mm -hmm. so the, the 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 string slowly makes its way around the room and everyone starts <laughs> cracking up because you're seeing this yeah. huge you know <laughs> spider web like yeah. thing happening in the whole room and finally the string gets to the front of the room and i hold it up and i hold the very tip of the string just the very tip of it not even an inch and i say this is how long i have lived this is how long my soul has lived right now at my age. And when I die, the rest of that string is only a representation of what happens, how long my soul's going to be around. And that really hits people because we don't live our life that way. No. We think, we think <laughs> oh, yeah, are. by the time I'm you know, 80 or 90 or whatever, 100, I'm going to die. And, yeah. and that is not what our faith teaches us. And again, we're going to get into topics on this that are going to be uncomfortable to some people, but they need to be said. I think if more priests got up and said some of the things we're going to talk about, You're the bang world on would that. be better, man. That's, You're spot on with that. You know? So, all right. So let's talk about this. Down, let's bring it home for people. Yeah. You kind of touched on it a little bit. You're talking about my boy, my boy, my homie, Plato. You so you kind of touched on it. And I think we have to start with that. You talked a lot about it, but the soul, right? So again, this might sound like a dumb question. Okay. You're going to be like, never give that guy a medical license ever. But what is the difference between a living body and a dead body? It's the life force that Plato, Aristotle talked about the soul. It's what illuminates the body. Think about psychology. What does it mean? the study of the soul. We are not flesh robots like some people might think. The soul was made for God. Separating it from the divine, we can see has very bad consequences like we talked about. So I'm glad that you brought up Plato. People are going to get a little bit uncomfortable because what comes with death too? Judgment, well, judgment right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. You and said man, a judgment. Some, some of us are very scared of judgment. Some of us never think about judgment. Hey, man, listen, let's be honest, man. There's a lot of Christian brothers and sisters who are going to these big mega churches and they're, they're taking your money from your wallet and they're telling you, oh, you, you're here today and you've given your 10% and you're going straight to heaven. Uh, no, not really. Not really. That's and let me truth. let me tell you something that really hit me hard as we were listening, you and I, to a, a talk by Bishop Sheen. Yeah. And he actually 
I don't know if, if, if this was shared during the talk itself, but it, it made us ponder the, the possibility that heaven is really that special. In our faith, let's talk about this. In our faith, we have saints, right? We have people who have, and, and a way a person becomes a saint, and there's sort of two different types of saints. In the early church, there was no process to identify a saint. So you would refer to somebody like St. Joseph or, you know, uh, St. Peter or St. Paul. Paul. Yeah. Those guys never actually went through the canonization process yes. of the Catholic church. Grandfather then almost... Yeah, they're, they're, it sort of translates better when you say it in Spanish. These people were saintly. They they were uh, santos, saints, mm, but yeah. they were not vetted, okay? Yeah. The Catholic Church has a process that is in place to vet a saint and when someone deserves to be venerated as a saint. And that is the, the process of canonization. The process of canonization involves literally the act of writing this person's name in the book of the canon, okay? But in order to get to write the person's name in the book of the canon, one of the things that the church has to do is they need to go through an investigation. So when somebody dies and there are all of a sudden miracles or somebody says, hey, you know, maybe we ought to look at this person. They lived their life in a, in a way as an example to the rest of us. They did something that was incredible. They, they, there are miracles being attributed to this person's soul, uh, to their, to their uh, communion with us, right? Um, and that, that process has become very significant in today's world, in today's church, because there need to be certain things that, that need to be apparent for somebody to have their name written and identified as a saint. Now, when you think about modern day saints whose names appear now in that yeah. book, in the book of the canon, mm -hmm. you think of St. John Paul II, yeah. you think about Mother Teresa, for yes. example, and you look at the way they live their lives yep. and you ask yourself, what have oh, I done? Oh, man. <laughs> what have I done to deserve the place where we know they are? Because they are also one of the, one of the things that we get when we hear the word this person is a saint is we have now through the investigation process come to the conclusion that they are guaranteed in heaven right that they are in this place where they see the face of god every day where they have eternal rest where they have this the the keys to the kingdom saint peter as they say is the guy who holds the keys at the gates right, at the yep. curly gates and he let them in so what have we done that in our lives so far that would would give us the same um, stature, the same permission, yeah. the same license to enter heaven. I challenge you with that question. That's a hard question. That's a tough question. Again, when people might get uncomfortable, like, hey, you lied. You said this was going to be joyful. It is. It is going to be joyful. I think it's, we have to think about it the right way. It's it's death is a good thing. Judgment is that we, we want to make it to the, the final judgment. That's our goal. Like I said earlier, like joys in life, they're good. It's to be enjoyed. We should like to live, but they ultimately don't feel that desire, that satisfaction. So why death, you ask? Well, because to make it to the judgment, because we are not made from this earth, God, we're made for God. If I find in myself a desire, which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. 
C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said that. Um, we look at it like JP2, JP2, my boy, JP2, Mother Teresa, uh, all the other saints, Drake. No, I don't think he's going to be saying, but you know, all these, these wonderful people, like, we're like, we're never going to be like them, but that's where God's mercy comes in. But yes. first, we got to relook at the way we look at death because some people uh, don't want to die. They want to live forever. But that's kind of like a hell. And when you're talking about that C.S. Lewis and Augustine talking about wrestling with like, I'm on Earth, but I, I feel like I'm meant to be somewhere else. And I'm not satisfied. That sounds like the ancient Greek myth of Tantalus. Like mm. this eternal frustration that never satisfies his need. Tantalus in a Greek myth dishonored the gods by trying to steal the food and drink of the gods, the nectar, the ambrosia, which sounds delicious. I always I was like, what does that taste like? Nectar and ambrosia. I don't know what it amazing. is, but it sounds it sounds good. Hey, Tantalus tried to get There's it. There's a lot of wars and fights going <laughs> exactly. on for that stuff. Yeah. Zeus killing people over and all this stuff. But his punishment was to be eternally hungry and eternally thirsty when he would want to drink he would bend down and the water the rivers would succeed they would go away when he was hungry there was a, a food tree next to him he would reach up to get the food guess what it'd move away that reminds me of us so judgment death should be good obviously i'm not saying be reckless with your life and all this stuff but we should want to be in death you know why we should want death and judgment because of jesus when he was baptized in the Jordan, okay, Jesus' baptism anticipates his death on the cross at the same time. And he accepted that invitation. And we, at our baptism, we accept that same life and death. Jesus' baptism, uh, there's like theology of the icons, iconographic tradition sees mm -hmm. the icon of Jesus' baptism. It depicts the water, right? And guess what that's depicted as in the ancient world also? That was also depicted as a liquid tomb, having formed the dark, dark recesses of Hades. I iconography, the, the icons of the world, the signs, that symbolized the underworld, hell, which interesting in the creed and our faith, uh, we say that, you know, Jesus descended into hell. But in, John, in, in John's baptizing Jesus, that descends into the watery tomb, the infernal and we are baptized in the anticipation of our life and our death to the underworld. So even um, St. Cicero of, of Jerusalem, one of the early church fathers, would say that Jesus went down into the waters and he bound the strong man. That's also referencing uh, Luke. By dying, we participate in the baptism that Jesus was baptized when we get baptized. So we partake in the dying just like Jesus Christ, right? We do. We do. And and this is where, you know, you start to get into all kinds of opinions and so forth. And we have to refer back to scripture and we have to refer to the catechesis yeah. of our church. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, interestingly enough, at Mass, um, my most important person, Kira, uh, <laughs> said... Well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the whole analogy of, of what have you done like Pope John Paul or, or Mother Teresa to get to heaven because the priest said that you cannot buy, you cannot uh, uh, do anything to earn heaven. Mm, that's true. Technically, we are also talking about there's nothing you can do without God's mercy, yeah. without God's love, you don't deserve heaven. So he has mercy on us to that will eventually allow us, our souls, to get into heaven. One of the things that jumped out at me 
uh, from the Sheen lesson, Bishop Sheen again had a whole bunch of for people who've never heard of Bishop Sheen. Um, he he is also a saint. Interestingly, a modern day saint. He's been canonized. He's um, venerable. Yeah, venerable. He's one yes. step away. I believe. One step away. One that step is correct. Away. One step away. Uh, but this is somebody who did hundreds of hours of a teaching uh, about life. And he would sit, he was, I call him the, uh, the original podcaster, really, because he <laughs> yeah. would sit in his really living was. room. Yeah, he really was. He would sit in his living room with a microphone and he would record in the presence, by the way, of, of, of uh, the, the monstrous of, of the Eucharist, um, which he would have there apparently uh, uh, during his recordings of God. And he would, in his beautiful voice, uh, and and his wonderful ways of drawing analogies and so forth give these lessons to people. And this is like in the 1950s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And and all those recordings still exist. And then eventually he ended up on television, and and people were watching this guy. It didn't matter if they were Catholic or not, because he had so much um, uh, to share about his faith, about the understandings and the reason and faith that he had as a bishop. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's so weird when we talk about some of the topics he brings up because they're so timely still. Here we are in 2023 or 2022, headed into 23, and we're, um, we're, we're still there. Those, those topics, that he, those lessons that he gave are still so important and so timely and so up to date. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. It's almost like the Bible itself too, right, yeah. when, you're, when you're doing this. Um, Okay, so so getting back to the original point, there's a lot of people and, and church leaders who yeah. I don't know if it's afraid they're afraid to tell people what our church really believes, what happens to us in judgment, and what what some of the possibilities are. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Roger, but it really kind of comes to three things. Number one, uh, come on in, you're going straight to heaven. Or, or, or number two, which is what I'm hoping, I'm hoping now that um, at the worst case scenario, I end up here, which is purgatory, the concept of purgatory, right, which we believe in the Catholic Church. And then number three is, oh, no, 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 you're horrible, you did terribly wrong, and you don't deserve either you're going purgatory, and you're going straight to hell. Yeah. And uh and, you know, it's interesting. And, and again, I try not to judge people. I try not to judge even some of the, the worst villains that we've had in history. That's not my job. Uh, my job is to keep my focus on me and to try mm -hmm. to figure out what's going to happen when I get judged and just try to live my way, my life in a way that's going to be worthy of at least purgatory. But let's talk about purgatory. What do you, yeah. what have you heard about purgatory? What is it? Well, I do know this for sure is like, if it's not like a middle, it's not like heaven, hell, and then people that are kind of good, kind of almost like the good life. Have you seen that show mm -hmm. like where they had the they had the good place, the bad place, and the middle place where you're just watching yeah. like mediocre. So that's not purgatory at all. Okay. Purgatory is if you die in God's friendship, you are bare minimum going to purgatory. Or again, okay. if you're saintly, you, you maybe you die a martyr's death, you go straight to heaven, right? You don't need the um, you're a saint, but, uh, most of us, I think just again, in my opinion, I think most of us will probably go to purgatory, um, including myself. Um, but I don't, again, I don't want to be a downer like, oh no, maybe I do, uh, some great saintly thing. Maybe I lay down my life for a brother. 
which interesting enough side note um sometimes uh i'll have like dark thoughts of like what if this happened when we're out what if something terrible happened and i think like this i'm like you know what if something a horrible mass shooting were to happen like i would literally i literally thought about this like i'm just gonna you know tell someone uh with me to to give them the opportunity i'm gonna run towards the person and sacrifice myself i've thought about that it's weird it's kind of in this yeah. our modern culture yeah like so i get you i get you i've but thought you know, i'm coming out of the confessional man i hope a car hits oh right yeah yeah I'm, you know like, what no 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 wow i'm in confessional <laughs> like wow i'm in the confessional and right, i hear right. the the priest last rites and then and then something uh, a plane or something crashes on me no but but that's way oversimplifying it because yeah. the reality is every time we sin we have to pretend almost like we're wearing a a, a beautiful white robe and at, at every time we sin even if those sins are forgiven which they are right through our confession process it still leaves a stain on that white robe and purgatory as i understand it is a place where that that robe will be cleansed yes will purged you, well, we, yeah, we're uh, in, in Spanish. We have the word purga. You take a purga when, when you hmm. can't uh, empty your bowels right? <laughs> and, and the purga comes and it gets rid of all that stuff that, yeah. that you have in your stomach. Right. La purga. Purgatory. I'm going to need a lot of those when, when I die. A lot <laughs> Purgatory, of Yeah. So, so, you know, again, we, we can hope for that at the very least that God will see us in that way and that he'll have mercy on us and allow us to purge our sins uh, those stains that we have, um, you know, the Virgin Mary, uh, one of the reasons why she was, we saw the assumption of our Blessed Mother was because of her immaculate conception. Her body didn't become subject to corruption because she was preserved free from sin, right? And it's interesting because there's hundreds of saints in the Catholic Church who when they when you look at their body, some of them are in churches across Europe in, in glass coffins. They are also yeah. not subject to corruption. We'll have to spend some time on that. That's yeah, one of my that's interesting. That's topics. fascinating. That is something that, you know, you don't have any faith or you look around the world and people say, oh, I don't believe in God. Hey, go look at some that's of the, fascinating. the incorruptibles. And there's even a book called The Incorruptibles, which I would recommend <laughs> oh, to our Oh, audience. yeah. I was like, I was thinking of the, the on the, like a uh, Kevin Costner. I was like, oh, the incorruptible. Oh, no, no. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we want to, we want people to know, honestly, the church doesn't have a definitive teaching on the time. Like, purgatory like we are right. in time and space god is not right we are in time and yes. space so we don't know is purgatory one one day a hundred a thousand it could what, be a minute so it could be it, seven years it could yeah, be you know it could be a second long. that's what i've heard from some theologians say that's a that really the purging good way yes. might be one second but it's not going to be comfortable but again this is the have this faith though if you are in purgatory you will go to heaven. We just don't know when or how, but you will. So it's yeah, a lot of people say the poor souls in purgatory. Actually, those are the lucky souls. Yeah, they're they're going through. They will eventually see it, and and but you know that's an interesting process. You're right about that. Why is it uncomfortable? Because uh, we are told that purgatory is a place where there is darkness. You are not able to see the face of God. You are not able to feel his love. You are not able. This is something your body, your soul, actually, your soul will be, is aiming for, right? When you are in this place where you're being cleansed. So that's what supposedly makes it um, difficult. You know, there's a very, we're going to get into this later because I, I think we're going to do a full movie review. At yeah, some point. but let's do a little teaser. 
a little teaser. There's a, and this is the geekdom a part of taste. Our, but Roger and I often share notes about movies we watched and so forth. And there was a movie that that actually one of my friends, one of my former RCIA students contacted oh, me, wow. texted me and said, Hey, you got to watch this movie, Dusty. It's <laughs> actually quite spiritual. And it's a movie. Uh, it's a Blumhouse uh, film. Great studio, um, by the way. Yeah. With, you know, they got to deal with Universal and they put out these scary movies and that are low budget or whatever. And it's called Black Phone. Mm. And the other day I sat down to watch Black Phone. And, and guess what? My student was right. <laughs> this is actually quite spiritual and i would argue that the if you've already seen the film i would argue that some of the souls that show up in that movie some of the characters are souls from purgatory okay mm, and we're going to get into that when we do the full review fascinating but i read a book that is called hungry souls i want to read it by the way oh, you send it man, to me and i was you, like this, this sounds is, awesome i want to read let me this. tell you yeah I, I think i sent you the amazon link where you know it's got kind I of i think the, they have it on audible too i'm gonna get it Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, when I read this book, I was like, man, uh, you want to talk about a scary movie. Yeah. These are basically the, this is, the book recounts stories, uh, trustworthy stories, church verified accounts yeah. of basically earthly visitations from the dead mm -hmm. in purgatory yeah uh some of these accounts are are well documented in in some place called the museum of purgatory in rome which contains relics of encounters with holy souls including uh evidences of of, of handprints that are burned into clothing oh. and books and burn marks that cannot be explained by natural means uh, you know a lot of these souls are begging for something that we saw in the movie coco they're begging for prayer yeah, yeah one of the reasons why we catholics pray the rosary and we're supposed to continue praying the rosary when somebody passes away yes is so that their soul is um is receiving uh that that prayer in purgatory and let me tell you something I'm going to share this with you. This is one of the most important things that I've learned in my life. When I pray the rosary, I always pray for people uh, in purgatory. Yeah. Especially people who have intersected my life or sometimes even uh, Riley, who's my daughter. She prays for specific people. Even when we're That's saying incredible. family <laughs> prayer, she'll say. That's incredible. Um, you know, we're, we're praying our dinner prayer uh, right before dinner. And she'll say, hey, today I'm praying for all the souls in purgatory who died of hunger or who yeah. died in war or who died as a result of an explosion. She's yeah. very present to the fact that these very souls specific need our too, prayer. right? Very specific. <laughs> very like for all the people who died in a tragic IKEA accident trying yes. to put together the furniture that's pressure. Like, or, whoa, or, that's incredible. <laughs> or I'm laughing about it, but you're right. Yeah. Like, you know, who had, who had something so specific, but those people, when you pray for them, oh, they are so thankful. Amen. And, and one of the things that I've learned in my life is that brings so many blessings to you as a person, when you don't forget those souls in purgatory, which again, I bring up Coco, the movie Coco from Disney, which you, if you haven't seen, it deals with that. It deals with, remember me. Remember me when I've gone, when I've gone on, when I've died, don't forget me, pray for me, basically, is what they're saying. Because the moment you pray, you, you forget about me, I go off into oblivion, and I never make it into heaven, I forgot, I'm forgotten. And that's one of the things that we actually believe as Catholics. Yeah. So when you have somebody 
in your family or a friend or a loved one who's passed on, you should pray for them. You yes. should pray for their soul, that they would be able to someday see the face of God yeah. every day and live in that, that eternal peace and blessing. And, you know, it's a very interesting lesson because what happens is, if you think about it, if you've lived a life where you've been running around, hurting people, bashing people, the moment you're gone, people are like, hey, man, good riddance. <laughs> you know, the guy that, like he's died. Thank God. God. <laughs> And we can certainly think of a yeah. few politicians like that, but yeah. we, we probably think of, but, but without digressing, um, we should try to live the type of life where people will remember us fondly and where yeah. people will remember us and want to pray for our souls. But let me tell you what happens when you pray for those souls and you get that through your own prayer, you get that soul into heaven. Now you've got somebody in heaven who's looking out yeah. for you. Yeah. And you can also, by the way, while they are in purgatory, while the soul is in purgatory, you can say to them, pray for me. I need your prayers too. I'm praying for you. You pray for me. Man, honestly, I got to say that transformed my prayer life when I discovered that. Whenever, whenever it was that somebody shared that with me, um, it ended up sharing my life. And you and I, Roger, have gone... Um, and prayed the rosary together sometimes in a very powerful place in a very powerful way and we know the results of that this is real yeah. tangible yeah. evidentiary I've seen it. stuff yeah, that happens it. Yeah. right yeah and it, it, it and we live our lives that way we pray for our families we pray for each other we pray for uh for for everything we can think of sometimes it's not a vending machine. It's important to know that, you know, we're not just doing it for because we're going to get something back. We're doing it out of our heart, our soul, asking for God's mercy while we do it. Because again, there is a truth to what Kira said. There's nothing you're going to be able to do to earn your way to heaven. There are certainly things you can do, but at the end, it doesn't matter because you're still going to need God's mercy to get in. And God's mercy is 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 huge and it's big and it's um and man you're going to be when you're standing there in front of saint peter uh you're going to be begging that he has mercy for you because there probably isn't enough that you've ever done in your life that would have yeah. deserved that you know and that um, prayer man like we, that's true is like prayer like you said not it's not a vending machine prayer is god's gift to us and what is the gift god himself that's what prayer is prayer is putting your mind to the heavens prayer is the gift god gave us and god is that gift and also people um i know death is sad we've had death in our life and it's sad but here's something to think about too for the, your loved one who have sadly passed away and we're here uh praying for them too you could think about taking solace in, in, in Jesus. Like we talked about his baptism anticipates his death. Guess what? He enters into sin and he descends into that infernal, that hell, not as a mere spectator, but guess what? Suffering with others. And guess what? He transforms that suffering, disrupting death itself, knocking down the gates of Hades. So we participate in something that Jesus Christ allows us for our loved ones who will be missed definitely will be missed, but have passed away. And then, of course, we go to the judgment, as is like 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Or Ecclesiastics 12.14, for God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So we do see this, but take solace in that 
the, the suffering Jesus enters, God himself enters into suffering. He enters into death with us. So take that solace in that loved one, your spouse, sadly, your children, your relative, your mother, your father, your, your friend. Take solace in that. Wait a minute. He's participating in something that God himself did. That's incredible. Well, That's incredible. You know, here's the thing. St. Paul, as was pointed out by Bishop Sheen, that we have to die daily yeah. in order Talk to about receive that. that happy death. That happy death is a masterpiece. Yeah. And no, no masterpiece of, of heaven was ever perfected in, in, a, in a single day. Yeah, This is something that when you pass away uh, after hopefully years of you dying daily, of giving up some of that control to your soul, um, to living your life where you've given up something, where you've suffered, where you've uh, died daily, um, you will never fear death after that or judgment because you're prepared for it. You know, my mom passed away um, this past year, and mm-hmm. I saw her suffer for years with um, Parkinson's. And you were you were kind enough to come to her funeral, her her rosary, Roger. It was an honor. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you you saw how many people's yeah. lives she she touched in her community. I heard she was a woman who uh, who served God, and she served our family, and she served her community. And at the end, like I'm sitting there the last few years of her life going, why God, why are you making her suffer so much? Like she's got this horrible Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. which is spreading throughout our our world, along with uh, Alzheimer's. We're seeing this so much in our aging communities. But you know what? Our faith teaches us something. And it was very important, actually. One of my Christian friends told me this because I kept praying that that God just finally at the end, just take her so that she would stop suffering so much with her Parkinson's and with her inability to to eat or to speak or, or to move. You know, she was bedridden. And he said, be careful, be careful. Don't you Catholics believe in 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 suffering and the value of yeah. suffering? And yes. The truth is he was right. There are so many saints that have written about the value of suffering. That is a way that sometimes God also cleans our soul. And so at that moment, I stopped praying that she stopped suffering. And I even heard somebody recently at our church say, oh, my dad, he was suffering so much in his last days. And I just kept saying, dad, just go on, like, go, you know, let go of this life and go on. But what we should be praying is that that God takes those people um, when they are ready. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I'm 100% convinced that my mom and my faith teaches me that she is in a better place. Yeah, 100% for sure. now. 100% because yeah. she lived her life. And in so many ways, she died every day for mm. us. She would wake up as I was growing up and she had our stuff you know, our breakfast ready. My dad would go to work uh, as a construction worker, his life. I can remember so many mornings. She didn't have to get up. She got up and she made him breakfast. She made him his lunch and she sacrificed for all of us. And, um, and I know a lot of people who do things like that. We die. We, when we give ourselves up, when we let a little piece of our life die, but I got to also share something else 
that happened. And this, I think I shared this story with you, but I'll share it with our audience. My, my mom was raised in a house in a home where there was um, a lot of Catholic faith. Um, they were left orphaned. My, my, my grandfather died. He was shot in the line of duty. Oh. When my mom was eight years old. Oh. She was left basically to be raised by her mother. And then eventually they lost uh, my grandmother as well. But this whole family grew up not sometimes not knowing where the next meal was going to come from. Uh, they grew up in poverty in Mexico and they would pray a lot. And all of a sudden somebody would show up with, uh, you know, with food or, or they'd find my mom would say, you know, my, my, your grandmother would be out and she'd find a coin that, that would help her pay, pay for food that day or whatever. Her brother recently passed away uh, just a few months after yeah. my mom's death. Um, he was raised in the same household. He was not as Catholic as my mom was, but let me tell you, this person was one of the most important per people in my life. My, my uncle Gabriel, my, my uncle Gabi, as we call them, this was a person who uh, lived his faith. He suffered in his life 25 wow. years to the date of when he passed away just a few weeks ago, 25 years earlier, his wife had died. My, my uncle Gabi's wife uh, passed away at the hospital. She had a heart condition that uh, caused her to die, literally faint with excitement and die the day that their first granddaughter was born and Whoa. handed to her. And the reason why we know that, 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 that he died 25 years later was because it was the birthday of that yeah. daughter. She was 25 years old on the day That's that my, incredible. my uncle died. So we were reminded, incredible. oh my gosh, this girl who was born that day, who, who, you know, not by any fault of her own, yeah. her grandmother had become so touched, so emotional oh, that her heart God, yeah. literally exploded with joy wow. and she passed away. For those 25 years, I saw my uncle become a role model for fathers. He raised all five children and their grandchildren in alone being a, a parent to them. Right. And he suffered a lot when his wife died, he was left without the love of his life and to raise these children and to suffer and so forth. Um, I saw him drink a lot. I saw him try to, to, at every occasion, I know that I went to every family get together when he was always drinking and he was trying to muffle the pain yeah. of that suffering. He never gave up that Catholic faith. He didn't live it every day. But something really amazing happened that I wanted to share with everybody. What's that? He died, got cancer. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the cancer came, uh, probably originated from the abuse of alcohol. Of the alcohol. Uh-huh. Eventually right. started spreading throughout his body. And uh, he was in his final hours, uh, his final moments on this earth. Actually, it happened so quickly, it caught us all off guard. But he was in his he was in his deathbed and he called his oldest son over and he said, Get my shoes on. Mm. And, and his son says, Why? And he says, Because your mother, his deceased wife, is mm. at the door waiting for me mm. and also my brother who passed away 
a few years ago is waiting for you. And he could see them as well. He could see them. Ah. And this is something that I saw with my own mother as well. When our soul, I believe, and after speaking to priests and other people who work in hospice, uh, there's a lot of stories, even secular stuff, like scientifically stuff. There's stuff. Yes. It's almost as if our soul is starting to leave our body and they can see the other realm. They can see something that we can't see. Well, that story is so beautiful to me when when his oldest son told me what happened, gave me so much hope because God doesn't forget his people. Yeah. He didn't receive communion, maybe things that could have strengthened him. He did not find that in the church, but God didn't forget him and God didn't forget the example that he left for all of us, including me as a father and the example of his life, how he lived it being a man of God and taking those things that he had learned. Never giving up on the Catholicism that he was raised. Never giving up. Yeah. He died every day in his actions, doing something for his kids, for his grandkids, for in the suffering that he suffered. Right. You talk about suffering and the church does teach that our suffering here on earth can drastically, again, we don't know the time, but reduce time in purgatory or even altogether but the church does have a teaching on that i hope i'm communicating it right but our earthly suffering can go to our that afterlife so that that is something the church talks about we are uh who others think we are Mm. you know it's important Mm -hmm. that we consider how other people are seeing us and who we really are inside, only we know when we have to be. I talked about um, some of the work that I've done, um, you know, in, in self-improvement classes and, and things, you know, you, you and I have talked about it during yeah, lunch, yeah, yeah. is, you know, being authentic, being honest with yourself, looking at that man in the mirror and really knowing who you are and, and living life. Um, based on what has really happened because you know we get so many traumas and so many painful Mm -hmm. things that happen to us and we make meaning we we humans are meaning making machines man and and you and i've talked about that roger yes that's a that's a whole discussion for another show but it is so important that we are aware of our death exactly judgment that will follow and to try to gain strength, not only for when our loved ones become ill around us or when mm-hmm. we become ill and we are suffering. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've been to a lot of funerals lately and yeah. uh, people in my family, uh, relatives, people who passed away. I keep my shoes, my black shoes shine and my, yeah. my suit ready, man. Yeah. My dark suit ready. All of us will be there. And hopefully some of us, in our daily actions can start to keep that in mind and and face the reality that some of our priests and some of our yeah. church leaders aren't doing their job deficient. Man, and reminding us it's been deficient it has i think they're afraid of like losing the 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 uh, donation or something i don't know what it is man. so why death is because we sinned against god we broke away from his grace in the paradise what is a paradise a walled garden and we fell, and now we are on this broken world. And in scripture, it says, Jesus says, he will go and prepare a place for us, heaven, because it releases us from this fallen world. 
to a better place in heaven to be once again in communion with God. That would be a kind of hell, an eternity on this exact fallen world with our fallen bodies, without our resurrected bodies. And death is a release from that. What is justice? Aristotle would say, justice is to render one which is dude, the infinite God tied together with God who is love and is also mercy in participation in Jesus Christ dying. That is why in Genesis, he sent an angel to guard it. That way we may not live in eternity in this sinful nature, in his judgment, but also his mercy and his love. That's why we die. That's why we have judgment. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs 21.2. Going off of we are who we think we are. We got to be true. To, we got to be true to ourselves. We can't lie to ourselves. But this is some solace as well, because yes, the priests, uh, maybe it's donations, maybe it's church. They don't want to scare nobody off, but I think they're going it the wrong way. It's like Jesus Christ is death and resurrection. That is something to behold. That is something that we could take solace in. We need to preach that we are always on the way. Have faith love and die in the state of grace in God's friendship. That's what the church should preach. Thing, you know, the Bible says something that was pointed out to me by a missionary, a person who I knew who was a very uh, successful person in his life. Yeah. He was a doctor. He was a colonel okay. in the yeah, army wow. and he became a missionary late in life. He still mm. is. And he said to me, dusty, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? He says, mm -hmm. you don't have to wait for heaven. You can make heaven on earth. And one of the ways to do that is to be in the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. Oh, I love it. Roger, you taught me. I that. love You're it. You're like, dude, go to confession. It can yeah. be so healing. It can be, it can lighten your load. Like you yes. wouldn't believe man. And people don't do it. They're afraid of going to confession. But when you go to confession and take the sacraments, of, of confession and penance and reconciliation mm. with God, you can feel the effects yeah. of this sacrament and, and um, not only, you know, converting yourself to Christ, right. Uh, yeah. Through penance and faith, but you're also going to be getting some of the stains off that robe that we yeah. talk about, you know, so that, confession. so that your life, oh. you're, you're not afraid of, of dying. Yeah. You know? Cause that so. is a fear. That is a fear, is. like going to confession. I heard an exorcist once say that a good confession could be almost just as good as the full right of exorcism. So go to confession all the time. I love to go to confession. Yeah, you, you should go to confession more often. So thank you for teaching means, me that, yeah. Roger. You you taught me that, man. Sometimes oh, when life gets unbearable, when you're yeah. carrying a heavy load, yeah. dude, go to confession and you will immediately feel that yeah. load lightened. It's almost like the devil's got his claws in you man yeah. and he wants you to suffer a different type of suffering because you know the devil's also the guy that says hey 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 look at this piece of candy don't you want some yeah. hey don't you want another piece don't you want another don't you want another and you're don't stuck you yourself. That and then at the end when you're done steak? yeah yeah don't you want that right you still gotta you pay the bill yourself? you gotta pay and then at the yeah. end when you're done he's also the guy who goes dude you suck like you have no freaking yeah. discipline look at you you fat pig <laughs> yeah you know? 
this is what we what we deal with on earth but anyway great topic today man yeah man. i hope people people got something out of it oh yeah i think they really did so thank you guys brothers and sisters in christ all you guys out there catholics non-catholic this shows for anyone who's into their faith whether you're catholic we are both devout catholics we love the catholic church we believe it is a true church but we also welcome our protestant brothers and sisters and other people in other faiths as well our jewish brothers anyone who have that sense of god we welcome all of you guys and i know that all of you guys got something from this and so thank you for joining. I want to leave on this uh, Matthew 24, 13. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Keep getting back up. Keep getting back up. That's it. Uh, this has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. Godspeed. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, guys. Good night. God bless you, guys. Good night.